I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost Words Betting Podcast. Returning this week is uh, Jason Daniels after a week off. Jason, hello. Uh, good evening, Tom. How are you? Yeah, I'm really well, thank you. Yourself? Marvellous. Yeah, I say after a week off. It's not a week off for you. It's, uh, it's a week of being very, very busy and stuff like that. But um, nice to have you back on. Uh, in your absence, you had Alexander Bjork in the running on the final day, who was along with Jens Danshoff and Paul Waring being one back, Bjork being two back and Odison being four back. We all had a very good chance of... Uh, of some success and unfortunately uh i say unfortunately i'm very happy for richie ramsey that he came through and won it in the end um someone that we've had on the podcast before someone that me and you have obviously followed and bet quite a lot um on this podcast you know it, it was a nice winner but just one that felt like a frustrating betting sunday yeah i mean you know my lot was basically trash um over the weekend um jack senior who is prominent did what he tends to do now i thought we might improve given it Given the type of course, yeah. he didn't. The fact was on Saturday, and as you say, Bill, who played really well Saturday, didn't do very much on Sunday. But yeah, I, I, I you know, I didn't see an awful lot of it. I saw a lot of the end of it as, as you know, Darren Clark lost coverage over at, um, over at the Senior Open. Um, and yeah, look, your man where and he played, he played excellent. Durier gave it away completely. Uh, at the end of the day, he lost it. Ramsey did what he did, and he was excellent, and that. That final putt, whatever it was, six foot or whatever it was, yeah. um, that was excellent because given what he did at um, Belfry, you know, it could have haunted him. Um, it didn't. I thought he was, it was, you know, he was excellent. I think he was the only player to shoot four rounds in the 60s on the week. He was really good on Sunday. Uh, Forrest probably ruined his price for this week by doing what he did. Um, Tin Holt played well there again. It was, it was all a bit. <coughs> In the end, it was all a bit obvious, and, and I suppose that looks like it when you know Mr. Covey has uh, various people in the frame. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, look, they were there, and, and we say it all the time. You know, you've got your Ollisons, you've got your yeah, okay, Debrisons a bit bad, but Ollison, Pepperell, you know, Shankwin, they're Lynx players, um, as are you know the, the Ramses and the Warens of the world. It's about that part, isn't it? That one shot. It's yeah, it's uh, it's a very very fine line, isn't it, between coming tenth and winning? But Ramsey, to be fair to him, was excellent. His emotion at the end was really nice to see, and uh, good luck to him. Yeah, no, you know, when he birdied three of the last five holes uh, to take advantage of someone else sort of giving it away, that's that's a sign of you know the experience that he had in the past, isn't it? It's his winning pedigree. Uh, it's been a while since he's done it. It's eight years since he won, but you know it doesn't go away when you get yourself in the mix uh, for everybody. So. Um, he's had a couple of chances, like I say, British Masters, he had a very good chance and was a bit unlucky there and, you know, he he came back and won it and I think that kind of, in that release of emotion, uh, showed that and, you know, like I say, Waring played well, he just kind of made bogeys on the first and tenth hole and didn't start either nine off well, so that was uh, disappointing and Jens down top kind of showed why he's a very good yeah, well, uh, that, yeah. challenge tour winner and maybe not, uh, you know, a DP World Tour winner yet, but... We shall see. Uh, time to kind of put it right this week. But uh, <laughs> Ryan Fox comes in at the 11-1 to 1 or 10-1 to 1 favourite in most places uh, this week. Richie Ramsey coming off his win last week, 22-1. to 1. Adrian Otegi, 22-1. Oliver Becker, 25-1. to 1. And Romain Langaska, 25-1. to 1. Um, I've got one from this lot. Is there anything there for you? 
it's difficult. I mean, you understand why, obviously, why Foxy's favourite. Yeah. Um, it's it, you know it's fairly obvious. Ramsey, I'd be amazed if he can come down from that and have his head right for this week. Yeah. Um, and I yeah, I mean, I like uh, Romain Langesque. Um, I think there's more there than he's shown for quite a long time. Um, his Welsh um, win is actually looks fantastic when you want to look at it in terms of links form. And as soon as I get it up, I'll be able to talk a bit more about it. Um, <coughs> uh, that's what I've written down. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, his Welsh form is... Come on. Oh, the computer's going slow. Oh, my God, it's going back to Little Britain again. Hold on. <laughs> computer says no. Yeah, sorry. Anyway, sorry, Tom. His Welsh form. His Welsh form. Excellent. Sammy Valamaki second, Matthew Jordan third, James Morrison, who was placed here, Cantor Soderberg, Shank Win Lee. I mean, it's just there. Campio, um, everything there screams links. Uh, he is absolute quality. Uh, I don't know, he's been, he, he doesn't really drift in price in this class. No. He always seems about 20 or 25 in this class. Looks like he might have lost a little bit just with that 30, the Irish 47th last week. But I don't think he has. His seat of green is still quality. Um, might have lost a little bit with his irons, which is what it looks like. But I think there's a hell of a lot more for him. It's whether you can take 25 to one about uh, a man that is 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 tough to win with. I think, despite that win, um, I, I'd struggle. I, and I've gone for another one just outside that. Langas was quite high on my list, uh, but I crossed him out for, for somebody else just slightly higher in the market. Um, but I know you like one in this as well. Yeah, so with Langask, I think I think yeah, you've you've nailed it really. I mean, this is a guy that you know has got every chance of finishing inside the top five, top six, top eight, top ten whenever he plays, and that's why he's a price he is. But when it comes to winning, you you do have your concerns. I mean, when you look at the one win, it was the the Wales Open, like you say, he shot sixty five on the final round, but he struggled on the Saturday when he was already in contention. Maybe the lack of crowds. I, I, mean, I don't know. There, 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 you know, there's a lot to quantify in that kind of. Um, COVID period so he obviously has got that challenge tour win and then he's built on that with a DP World Tour win so maybe there's still more to come like you say but um, I'm always was, a little bit wary of this price so, so I mean going into last week he led the field in Tia Green he led the field he was six in approaches so I don't think that those results necessarily put you off but they haven't reacted in the market the way I would have thought they would have done no nah. No, I understand that completely so my one as you as you referenced Adrian Otegi he's just been rock solid and it's one of those ones where Richie Ramsey was really obvious last week and I didn't do it for price reasons and I would have probably been the same with Adrian Otegi but he's made 13 of 15 cuts in 2022 he's 4th in Teed's Green and 12th in Approach last week he was top 7 in both over the past 8 weeks he won on this course on his debut when it was the Scottish Championship and even last year when he was he wasn't defending but he was he was, he was the winner of this uh, course he was 38th there, he was ninth after round one, sitting inside the top 25 after two rounds. So, with Otegi, he's had that kind of little flirt with uh, Live Golf, which I'm guessing he's now out of because they've got the players that they wanted. Um, but, you know, the, the form's just been there for so long now. I mean, you go back to, you know, the tail end of last year, he was playing some good golf. Then you look at 2022, he was third in Raz, fifth in Qatar, second in Spain. Uh, 27th for the, uh, the British Masters, 15th in Sadao, and then just, you know, it's just run of was it, seven made cuts. And, yeah, the the results haven't been brilliant of late in terms of end results, but there's just enough to see there. I mean, he was fourth in teaser green last week, which is, is huge, um, 12th in approach. So 
coming back to a course that we know he plays well on, um, type of golf that we know he plays well on, part of the world we know he plays well on. Like I'm just happy to to take him. I know that the number's not great, but I think we have taken that there's enough winning evidence in the past that I'm happy to take him. Yeah, I, I certainly think that he's um, he's he's form at the right courses. You know, Scandi mixed um, certainly screams out, um, and I really like the Irish. Yeah. I think the Irish is a, is a it's obvious, but I think it's a fantastic guy to this. <coughs> you know, I'd say he's been tied 12th in the Irish before, and obviously won here. Uh, Grant Forrest has been tied fourth in the Irish, uh, obviously won this last year. And Rise 12th and ninth in the Irish, um, and he's got a third here. And uh, yeah, um, and it goes on and on. You, you can go past that. You can also go look at Belgium as well. Yeah. For some reason I don't know. It's not necessarily a tournament, but um, Atagi does well in Belgium and Grant Forrest. Has done well in Belgium. I don't know why. Can't. So why it might be a no, no, no nonsense. Um, but yeah, the Irish was the one that I, that I particularly looked at. Um, uh, David Law was top five in the Irish, and uh, featured in 2021 hero. Um, uh, Moza, James Morrison, yep. was second 2021, and he was obviously top 12, I think, in the Irish. Um, Terrio, your man, who you put up last week, yep. was third last year at, at this course. Uh, he's finished top 15, top 20 in the Irish Open. So I think I think there is is if there's going to take one course of any or one tournament, it makes an awful lot of sense. It's a bit basic, but you know sometimes you know, shit happens. You yeah, like that. I think I think um, last week I took the approach of not overthinking anything and just putting up the people that kind of stood out to me in terms of price, and that was probably the most consistent week of DP World Tour betting for a while. I mean, obviously I've had we've had wins in. You know, recent months, and you know, Peter's obviously comes to mind. Danny Willett, the, the one and two that you had uh, in Mallorca, like you know, we've had the wins, but like in terms of consistency, I mean, it's been a very hard tour to uh, to get right. So it felt like a it felt like a decent week last week. It's just one of those ones where I've had to kind of plug my nose a little bit with some of these prices this week and just ignore it and just go with the, with the kind of feelings I've had. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I thought you might be interested in, in and maybe this is the person you've gone with just outside. Is, is it Callum Shinkwin? No, it's not. Okay. Although he really did annoy me as he was coming up the leaderboard last yeah. week. I think I think Shinkwin has got a great chance. I actually thought he'd do better last week. Which yeah. Is, uh, the position he was in overnight, I did or, or halfway. I thought to myself, do you know what? <coughs> this is the man we got to watch, and he did what the old Shinkwin does on Saturday. Um, I mean, I know it wasn't wasn't that easy to be fair. Um, yeah. I mean, the world is absolutely beautiful down here all weekend, but it certainly <laughs> wasn't everywhere around the country. Um, it was just disappointing. I mean, maybe you can look at it and say he shrugged it off with a, a nice final round of 68. But that is Shinks through and through, isn't it? Um, driving distance doesn't matter a jot around here, to be honest, which may negate any advantage that he's got. Um, I just wonder whether he can sort of hold himself on the greens. You need to putt well, and I'm just not sure. No, it was one in between, actually. One shot behind... Uh, where Otegi finished on Sunday yep. uh, was Anton Rosner, who I fancied last week quite strongly. Uh, you can now get eight points bigger, uh, and I'm not really sure he's uh, doing anything particularly wrong. Uh, it's not all coming together at the moment for him. Um, he did play well last week. Uh, par fives, he particularly played brilliant. At. He birded the fifth uh, every single day, uh, was two under for the 11th, and was three under for the 17th. Um, his level par for the other one, the second. So he played really, really well on scoring holes. He isn't a hundred percent right there, but again, he is one that um, 
features in the Irish Open. He was tied 13th uh, last year. Um, he appears very, very highly in the overall tee green. <coughs> I think he was, he was 12th. I haven't updated it. But he was 12th last week in the field uh, for tee green and 12th in approaches. Suits me. If you're going to make your um, your score off the irons, that you know, absolutely 100%. No problem at all with that. Uh, and I just think he's he's on a great run. He still is on a great run. Ignore the Scottish Open. I think he could have been slightly better last week. Um, he comes off two top 15s, Germany and Ireland. Um, I'm sticking with him at 33 because I don't know why he's eight points bigger. Yeah. No, I mean, he was top 10 of his irons last week. And when you look at his tee screen, was a little bit uh, further down. And you wonder whether it was his off the tee. His off the tee was fine as well. So it was obviously the around the green that you struggled with a little bit. And we know... Especially with Lynx golf, that can change in an instant. And we've had, you know, decent enough evidence um, in the past of, you know, Rosner showing form on not necessarily Lynx, but, you know, he's won in Qatar. He's, he's is it the, in Mauritius, there's a little bit of um, wind and stuff there as well. So, and he was second there. So I think he's shown that he can play those layouts uh, well. And we know what the upside is with Rosner. You know, he's, he's a two-time winner on the DB World Tour. He, he makes me think of, you know, the, the likes of Valamaki and um, oh. Kurt Kitiyama and people like that. And, you know, we've seen what Kitiyama's done on the PGA Tour this year. Like, there is definite upside. Um, and like you say, that the price is, is, you know, whatever the percentage difference in terms of um, implied probability between Rosner and Lane Gas. Is there that much difference between them in winning equity? Probably not. I don't think there is. I think Rosner's probably actually... I guess Langas may be the more reliable type, but Rosner's the the more likely to to spike is probably the way I would put it. Yeah, I think I, I would have been happy to see him at the same price as somebody like Becker and yeah. Long, uh, you know, and Longask. Um, and it's by no means anything strong, but I, I just thought in terms of class, when you've got, you know, again, I'm certainly never knocking Dodo, for example, but yeah. you know, thirty three to one to win to win is is ridiculous. Costed, but. Um, was now based on his top ten in Ireland, his two good results overseas. Yeah. But he's not a th- he's not a th- I love him to bits, but he's not a thirty three to one shot. No. Richard Mansell isn't a twenty eight to one shot. You know, you're talking about a man that, that wins. You know, he has won, and he's shown balls in winning. Um, I just think I just think maybe there's a you know there's a little bit of reaction to you know results that aren't in the top fifteen. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, yeah. I'll go with him at 33. It's nothing strong at all, but I, I do quite like him up there. Yeah, I think I think with you know, look, especially with Becker and Langas, I think you're looking at the you know the increased place terms and the and the fact that they can most likely place because Becker's never particularly convinced. Uh, Langas certainly hasn't, as we just sort of mentioned. You mentioned Molinari, I think. I mean, again, you you, you sort of tweeted out on Sunday that it must be his turn soon, and he does certainly fit the bill of Ramsey getting a, a win so long after his last one but I wouldn't want to bet on it at 33 to 1 uh, especially with his putting stroke um, Hurley Long obviously impressed when he went over to or Chris Long as, as we found out through Ben Coley that is actually his name um, in PGA Tour events he's, he's been pretty impressive but yeah I just went I just went further down the board and, and kind of started in my 50 to 1 range because I just think there's players there that are double the price of the ones we've just been mentioning um, and don't have an awful lot of difference in terms of win equity so Unless you've got anything else before we get to the kind of 50 to 1 range, I'll kind of launch into them. Uh, no, I thought Forrest was interesting. But yeah. Of course, he's ruined it, so don't worry about that now. And I, I did really like uh, Jorge Campillo. Yeah. Um, 
but then we all always like Jorge Campillo. We do. Just well, I think you know he probably vote for Barista of the Year or something. <laughs> um, again, um, you know, playing really well, T to Green seventh in the Irish, which is great. Top fifteen in Sudal links in with uh, Grant Forrest, who was ninth in Sudal. We know that he's won at Qatar. We know he can play links golf. Um, last year he improved all his stats at this track. Um, and there's just it's Jorge Campillo. I mean, I th- you know, Richie Ramsey showed that. If you're continuing to, to perform, um, it doesn't have to be anything particularly special, but if you continue to perform at a very consistent uh, level, then it will, you know, at some point it will, you know, the, the door will knock down again for you. Um, Iron play doesn't look fantastic at the moment, but, uh, you know, it's amazing stuff there. I mean, he's he's ranked 40 tee to green, or frankly 42nd off the tee and 57th off approaches. Um which is really bizarre. But again, it's another one. I'm just going to let that go for last week. Um, yeah. I didn't look into the rounds. I must be honest, I didn't have the time. It may well be that when it started raining, he got caught up in it. Uh, and that really affected his figures. Putting's obviously shocking last week. Um, but we know he's in and out. Uh, and I, again, I thought, I mean, I probably wanted a bit more than 40, to be honest with you. Uh, there is a 50, but you're not going to get that off some moody firm. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. I don't know, look, but he's priced next to Jens Dental and Schneider, and I'd want to be on Campillo. Yeah. So it's all relative, isn't it? But he, I thought he was worth a mention. But whether, whether you know, maybe the price isn't quite what I was expecting. No, that's fair enough. Um, Paul Waring's in this range again. I, I don't think I will go to him again just because he didn't do anything wrong, really, apart from he, he started the, the front and back nine of his bogeys, and that kind of cost him. But he had a chance of an eagle on 17, and it wasn't a gimme by any chance, but you know he had a chance to make that, and he had a birdie look for, for the fact that it was um, a long one on the last. So he had his chances and, and could have won if it you know gone differently. But uh, I probably won't go back just because. Whereas I could kind of see the path to victory at Hillside more for him, it, it doesn't stand out as much here for me. Um, so I'm, I'm going to skip him. And the next one I come to is is another older person that I've, I've kind of gone with in the past and. And struggled with is James Morrison. I mean, I remember him shooting a 60 um, at the at Crans, and I thought, you know, here we are, we're kind of cashing out and and taking a win. And he finished about 30 or something ridiculous um, because he, he, you know, just didn't follow it up. And that is obviously often the case with a 60. But you kind of hope he finds something later on in the weekend, and he didn't. Um, but he just seems to have come back, um, Morrison, with a bit of a vengeance again. And what I like about Morrison is he does generally seem to do this every year. Like he's been around for a decently long amount of time. Like we know that he does struggle to get over the line. He has done it twice. I think it is. He's done it on tour. He's won, um, you know, the, the Open Deer Spaniel in Madeira as well. And, you know, he's just had a ton of seconds, which is not something you want to see when you're packing them out. Right. But he was 13th in the Irish Open, which you obviously have alluded to that you quite like. And that's among a run of four straight made cuts. Um, 20th in stroke play scoring at the Barracuda. He now returns to Fairmont where he was 30th on debut. Um, and he was second last year where, a bit like uh, Campillo, just got better every every round and eventually capped it off with a 63 on the final days and really put himself in that contention. So, uh, really like that. I just I think there's plenty to like about James Morrison. I think he is capable of winning despite the fact that he you know, doesn't do it as much as you would like. Um, but at 50 to 1, when we talk about the likes of you know, Shinkwin and Langask and Becker and I just it doesn't look as bad of a price when you when you compare it to others is probably the way I would put it. I think that's very good. 
that's a very good selection. The other one I'm not so sure on, um, but he just popped for me a lot. And for some reason, he showed up to me last week as well, but I never really acted on it and, um, you know, it wouldn't have paid out anything then. It was Garrick Porteous. He was 16th last week. Um, he was second after round one, sixth after round two. Had a sort of bad weekend, but when you look at the fact that his four, course form is fourth and tenth, and they're his second and sixth best finishes ever on the OWGR stuff, you know, that's when the course form comes back into play. I've tried to get away from it a little bit, uh, not rely on it too much, but, you know, it's hard to ignore with him. Um, he was second in Tees Green last week and 16th in approach, and he had two top six rounds of his irons last week as well. So, uh, Garrett Porter is hitting the ball well, full of confidence coming into a golf course where he's played well in the past, and he's now 66-1, to so I like Garrett Porteous. Uh, I've just finished writing about Garrett Porteous. <laughs> Good. Um, and, and I agree. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I think I think you're absolutely right. He's, he's tight, you know, he's, you can go all the way back to literally 2014. Yeah. He's tight, uh, top 10 in the Czech, his links-based leaderboard. You know, his Belgium from 5th and ninth. Again, I've no idea if that makes any relevance whatsoever, but it's there. Um, it does fit. Yeah, I, I absolutely love it. I think um, the fact that he was 10th here last year, uh, sorry, yeah, last year after a um, tied 15th performance and he was tied 4th here in 2020 after a tied 39, tied 44, means that when he is hitting form, um, I think you need to be on. And uh, I, I was about to speak about him, but you did, and that saves me some time. Good. Yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll concur on that one. And I just think that you know, it's just one of those, talk about just not overthinking it, like fourth and tenth in two core starts and add his best start of the year and hit his irons really well, just go with it. And if he lets you down, he lets you down. Um, at least there was basis uh, for it. Um, Eddie Kelder's interesting, isn't he? He is. He hasn't, he hasn't done a lot, as, as we expected him to kick forward off of um, <coughs> brilliant challenge tour season. Um, really good kid, really got some, you know, fantastic iron uh, play in his bag. Um and comes here after that, 8th and 13th over there on the PGA Tour. Interesting, but I, he's priced on that, and, and he's not priced on DP World Tour form. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's bizarre. Same as Costed, really. He's, oh, he's got the top 10 in Ireland, but that wouldn't have made him 33-1 here. Um, just just really interested um, how they react to that. But we'll see. Just, just I wonder whether, you know, they may be just worth holding off and seeing if they make it over there, then getting on over there. Yeah, I mean, it's, we've had a killer. He, he was 46 for the Irish, but he shot a third round 76 to kind of drop back. And he was 12th in Qatar, which basically, you, you, don't, you think about those kind of wind-affected events. And I think he actually, he might have been the first-round leader there, or he was certainly close. He opened with a 66. Uh, Pablo was the first-round leader. Um, but, you know, you look at some of his events this year, the, you know, you make it right. Like, he was 8th and 13th for his last two starts, and they're in the PJ Tour fields. Um, and, you know, it's not based on what he's done back in Europe. And uh, Yeah, yeah. I, I just don't, you know, it's a matter of, uh, yes, that's a classier event, but it doesn't translate. Yeah. You know, I could understand if you then made him 33-1 to 1 in a in a Corn Ferry or 25-1 to 1 in a Corn Ferry Tour event. I'm not so sure that coming back over here entitles him to be that price, but he'll probably piss up. So. Yeah, I mean, when you look at his... His finishes on the PJ Tour, they were sort of akin to the Strengthen Fields or closer to the Strengthen Fields of the Qatar Masters. And, you know, if he'd have played well at the Irish Open, that would have been certainly 
a lot stronger. I mean, there's upside with Helicildren. I think that's what they kind of protect themselves against, but certainly wouldn't dive in at the price. Um, I must admit, he was definitely on my radar, and he was in the kind of... I was hoping he's going to be in the 66 to 80s range, and he wasn't because he's had those two PGA Tour starts. So, yeah. like you say, it's, just let it go. Sorry, Tom. I, I know we're trying to move on. Sorry. No, but it's like, it's like um, when Crocker qualified for the US Open. Yeah. Everybody wanted to be on when he came back. He's been absolutely shite. Yes. Um, it's just, it's really weird. Maybe it's, it takes time to, to uh, settle back over here. But it's just, it's hard to, to put a price coming back over here on what they've done over there. I think you need to just ignore it, really. I wonder if there's a little bit of complacency factor as well. Like, you, you, you're comfortable on, on the DP World Tour and, you know, okay, Helicilder hasn't played enough to be that comfortable. But, like, you know, you really, really want to go and impress on the PGA Tour, even if in low grade, because you can secure yourself a card and maybe there's a bit more motivation. Um and whereas it works in the opposite for some people, like a Matt Wallace who drops down and plays really well here, like it seems to be they've elevated them game because, you know, we saw it with, with, with Hurley Long, he was fourth and seventh in, in the, and I know he'd been playing well and, and solidly, but nowhere near what he'd done in those two events. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see how they react. Um, and again, I think I think the strength of field has to be taken into account that those PGA events weren't necessarily pj events so people could say oh he's played well on the pj tour let's let's get him back here while he's here and it might not translate so really hard to really quantify what those uh, two events meant um before i come to my one at 66 to one i'm going to talk about a couple that i kind of left out uh, in the same range so ewan ferguson and brandon stove stone both kind of featured to me heavily i didn't get there in the end um i think stone's a bit too in and out and ferguson probably the same um, I do I do believe both of them if they can get in with a chance now um, I've, I've always kind of believed in Stone and Ferguson's obviously changed the mindset on him recently um, but the one I did go for and it's never really working out for me in recent years but it's Eddie Pepperell um, at 66 to 1 top 3 in this field I mean, you, when you put in the location form on tour tips which I do like to do when it comes to you know Scotland or Spain or, or whatever um, top three in the field over the last 15 starts in Scotland and the two above him are like Chase Hanna who's played one event uh, and someone else that's played two um, and he's made 12 starts in that time four top 10s three more top 17s uh, he was 16th here when it was the Scottish Championship in 2020 and he was fifth after 54 holes uh, that week as well and I just look at Pepper on there's a couple of factors like he was third last week with his irons uh, which is obviously massive eight for tee to green if he's sorted his, uh, you know, off the tee thing out, which he, he looks like he did, but he was 22nd off the tee last week. Like, that's a massive thing for him. And and the other thing I wonder is, like, he's, he's another one that's a bit vocal in this kind of live stuff. Um, and he's basically called them all money-grabbing wankers, is not he? Um, which is really interesting, considering one of his best friends in Laurie Cantor is one of those people that's made that. Um, and I just wonder if he's the type that feels like he has to now go and back himself up a bit. Um, I think after that kind of really good season that he had, uh, I think it was 2018 where he had a couple of wins. Like I just think he maybe got a little bit complacent. Like He probably always knew he had the talent, struggled to get there. Then he got there and maybe just rested on it a bit. Um, he's also had some injuries and he's also the type to go in and out because he's got um, that kind of skill set where it can go wrong quite quickly. But, you know, 14th for the Dutch, 15th for the, uh, the ISPS hander, 11th last week. Uh, now returns to a part of the world that he does like. I think there's just... Good things going for Eddie Pepperell, and, and we know he can win, as I've just mentioned. And at 66 to 1, there's, there's a whole host of win, uh, people that don't win, and then there's one that's won, what, three times in his career, so uh, or twice in his career. So I'm, I'm pretty happy to go with uh, Eddie Pepperell. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's um, it'd be fun for Twitter if he won. He would. He certainly would. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I do like his little rants, and I do like some of the stuff that he does when he's had a glass of wine. Um, love his pictures of his dogs. They're always nice. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think sometimes when he does rededic- rededicate himself, he, he's really good, and it looks like he's doing that whilst also having a dig at people at the same time. So maybe that's a recipe for uh, success for him. We shall see. Um I'm into triple digits now, so I don't know if you had any before you wanted to go into those. Uh, nice, but I mean, there are people that, that you you know you can speak about. But there's not. There's, I mean, Dale Whitner, I thought was reasonably interesting. Um, JB Hansen continues not to do what he should do, and therefore he's the price that he shouldn't be. Yeah. Which um, is bizarre. I mean, you know, the, the, the drift on him is amazing. Um, he's got to come back at some point. I haven't looked into why he's doing what he's doing. Um, you know, Chase Hannah's got some terrific Tita Green stuff. They're all there. They're all ifs and buts, aren't they? Hillier, did you not put Hillier up last week or the week before? No, or something? I, I talked about, about putting him up last week, but uh, yeah, didn't and obviously didn't pay off. But yeah, you I know, think he's the type. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, mate. Sorry, Tom. No, as I say, I think he is the type that can succeed on these sort of layouts. You know, Biergaard as well. You know, it's it's just you're getting to stuff where you've got to you've got to ignore what they're doing and and maybe think about what the course is. But they, they are playing bloody awful. So no, my next one is an absolute. Dog. Um, so I'll let you go first. Well, so you, you mentioned mine is Chase Hanna um, at, at the 110 or 100 to 1, whatever you, you want to take. Uh, I just think it was a gut play, really. Like, he was sixth on his uh, debut here last year, and we just know that he flashes at any point. He doesn't necessarily signpost it um, out of nowhere. He can he can contend, and I think he can win. So um, all the time he's three figures and, and coming to a golf course that he's got some success on, I think he's worth it. I think he's one of those people that one, he's in and out of form anyway, but I think going back to the, the PGA Tour events maybe put too much pressure on himself, like maybe just wants to get back over there and, and, and get on that tour and, and saw it as an opportunity when really, you know, he, he's doing some good stuff over here if he just sticks to it. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to see what Chase Hannah does at 110 to 1. And then my final... I, I, I looked at Gavin Green and Alvaro Quiros, which kind of tells you what you should know about this uh, event. Um, I haven't necessarily landed on either. I think if I was to pick one, it would probably be green. Um, but those were the two that I thought were worth mentioning. But, Jason, I'll let you come on to your final one. Um, Richard McAvoy. Yeah. I don't know how I'm going to be with him, to be honest with you. Um, but I don't know. And again, <coughs> excuse me. Can't answer why. I mean, what caught my eyes looking at the figures of last year's event, and he was um, eighth in approach, fourth in around the green, six tee to green here. Um, obviously, we know about his putting. Uh, but you know the, the same can be said of somebody like um, Richard Ramsey. And so you know there's just so many there. Dodo is worse. Obviously he ranks like 180th in the every field of a pain. There's there's something about him. Um, he won the Hydro way way back with Spahey, which is not necessarily links, but has links uh, conditions yeah. often. Um, his European Open uh, title was was an, an excellent effort against a world class field. Um, and just recently, okay, it's not exactly, you know, um, uh, you know, let's uh, jump all over him. Uh, there's something about him, or something about his uh, his sort of approach game. There's there's something there that I just think one day it, it might click. Um, I mean, his figures look on tour tip; they're not fantastic at all. But the fact that he found four shots with his irons last week, then comes into an event which can be related quite closely. What he did last year, you know, how his, his figures were so much better when he was 23rd. 
I, I can't tell you how I'm going to back him. It, I will be on him top forty maybe. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, but there's you know at two hundred fifty to one, he's probably five hundred on Betfair. Uh, he, what's what's top top twenty is going to be? I don't know what ten to one something like that. I suppose. Yeah. He, he will do for something like that without sort of. Um, yeah, I mean, there was him or, or Niall Kearney, to be honest with you, who's, who's a bit shorter. Yeah. Um, but I've, I've thrown him out. Mark Warren, another Lynx player. Um, you could look at, he could come to form at any point. Um, really difficult, isn't it? Your mate Chris Paisley's down there, he's got form here. Yeah, I was, I was just about to it's funny mentioning him because he's literally, I mean, he's gone at the game. I, I, I don't know what the factor is. I know he had uh, some injury and health problems at one point and maybe they're having more of an impact than than we know about he hasn't been as vocal as he normally is but i think he's on a run of 10 or 11 missed cuts like it's it's really bad um and it hasn't been good since his tied 10th here last year uh there's been nothing his best finish since finishing tied 10th here last year is 71st uh in the kenya open so 71st 72nd and then every other start since then there's been a miscut folks Sweaty Sack Summer is approaching and it's now time for you to prioritise the comfort of your crotch. That's why the King of Crotch Comfort, Manscaped, has spent two years designing the most comfortable boxer briefs out there. Now I've had the honour of testing out these new boxers and I can say it's the softest fabric of any underwear I've ever owned. It's so breathable that it's like gills for your groin. They even trademark the jewel pouch so you know it's serious. I think it's time for you to invest into your family jewels, so let your bulge breathe and get 20% off and free shipping by using the code LFW20 at Manscaped. Let's say you're on a date and your partner catches that Manscaped on the waistband of your underwear, it's almost a guarantee to raise some eyebrows and act like a billboard on a highway to Pleasure Town. The micro model fabric is buttery soft and breathable, keeping your cucumber cool. Walk, run or strut, these moisture wicking boxes breathe without breaking a sweat. The tagless waistband hugs your body without digging in and lays flat against your skin to reduce the chafing. And the front fly opening gives easy access and makes bath and breaks quick and efficient. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code LFW20 at manscaped.com. And that's 20% off and free shipping with LFW20 at manscaped.com. So once the boxes 2.0 touch your sack, you will never go back. It's weird, isn't it? It's just weird the way they go. Jeff Winter, for example. Now, I wasn't a particular fan of Jeff Winter any time during his Challenge Tour or whatever. I never thought he was that much cop. Then he goes and runs through that fantastic event, goes and wins in New York, was it? Yep. Yeah, I think. And, and was... then just, like, just gone. I mean, just don't even know why he's turning up anymore. It's just bizarre. So, you know, I'm not saying you can stick to a, a high level of form all the way through. But there's, you know, coming 30th and coming 40th and just not doing anything. And just doesn't do a thing. Just doesn't do a thing. It's just absolutely bizarre. David Law, he's going to love it here. Yep. Uh, 33 and fourth round here. Um, often one for a first round lead, isn't he? He is. Uh, law uh, and maybe maybe back here um, he can do something so yeah they're the sort of players that you look at and it's a bit uh, isn't it really after a while yeah I mean Ryan Barrock I've just done the Mayor show with went with uh, went with David Law and he went with Connor Syme for the, the, the Scottish angle um, oh, okay. I didn't I didn't see Syme as much I, I don't mind Law um, Angel Hidalgo keeps playing some good golf recently he's not someone I know too much oh, about Sweet, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's but he's showing up decently. I mean, interestingly, your Richard McAvoy shout like it's probably top thirty, top forty. But like when you look at 
I mean, he's missed a lot of cuts in this in between this, but like when he does make the cut, third, 63rd, 37th, 28th, 34th, like when he gets through the weekend, he seems to prop himself up the leaderboard a little bit. So um, top 40 is probably the way to go with him. Baldwin likes this sort of stuff, doesn't he? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Baldwin, Southgate, um, Jordan, same player, isn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, interesting your Hidalgo shout actually actually he's quite interesting yeah he's, he's played some good golf and like I can't, I can't I think I looked at him last week and was just like I don't know who Angel Hidalgo is and I think it's probably a bit of a full store and it was challenged all form um, but yeah 13th 21st and 8th his last three starts and then when you look at, when you go back into kind of his just the DP World Tour stuff that he's played in like it's actually it's really solid. Like he won on the Challenge Tour last year after winning twice on the Alps Tour. So he's won three times in the season. Okay, lower grade, but then he finishes fifth at the Joburg Open. His first like co-sanctioned experience. That was only two rounds. Uh, don't know what he's going to do over the weekend. Tenth at Die Data. Seventeenth at the Kenya Open. Thirtieth um, in Spain. Fifteenth uh, in Sadal. Like. When he does make the weekend, but you know he does seem to get himself up there. So looks like a bit of an emergence in talent. Um, he's five years younger than me, is, is all I can tell you, because he's born in 1998. So what is he, 25, 26? So you know it looks like he's got some time ahead of him. Um, so yeah, I think he he might be one to get on before uh, before the price keeps cutting him. Mean, he's already gone into yeah. kind of 80s and 90s. Well, you know, one of his challenge tour wins, he beats Terry O. <coughs> yeah. Um, and then he uh, he also beats Nemec, who I quite like this week. Um, he just keep again. He's one that keeps banging in and banging in and banging in greens and red. Yeah. And one day it's going to work for Nemec. I, I just haven't put him up this week. But um, Garcia Herrera, he's playing very very well. Yeah. Um, so it's it's not you know it's not when you look and so say oh it's only the Challenge Tour. You know sometimes there's a little bit more involved. And I, just, um, and I don't and I don't think that we're that much above a Challenge Tour. But I know we've got. You know, we've got the Ryan Foxes and we've got the Richie Ramseys and we've got the Shinkwins, Rosners, etc. But it only takes two or three of them to have a bad week and suddenly the field is, is pretty weak. Yeah, then, so. yeah. yeah he's, third, he's third, by the way, at the Sidbank Ufbjörg Challenge. Yep. That's uh, behind you and Ferguson and Espen Kjofstad. So, there you go. Uh, yeah, yeah. And above, and above Guvia as well, isn't he? So, so, yeah, let's have a look a bit more at Hidalgo, I think. Yeah, Hidal- Angel Hidalgo Portillo is his full name uh, on OWGR, and he's maybe someone to uh, to have a look at. But oh. other than that, I mean, as I say, I looked at Green, I looked at Queeros, like, they're just, if I wanted a long shot, they'd be there. I don't necessarily think that I'd do. Um, Oliver Hunderball Jorgensen is, is one of the most bet players on... Um, Odds checker for some reason, so let's have a little look uh, into that. I don't well, know if that the, was... Yeah, with these strange firms that you couldn't get on, apparently he's 50 to 1. Hmm. Bizarrely. That is strange, isn't it? I mean, you look at his challenge tour form, he's got a second and a fourth recently. Uh, he won in a co sanctioned uh, Sunshine and Challenge Tour event at the Mangwain Open. Uh, beat Luke Jerling, who I think I bet on earlier in the year somehow. Um, so he's got some decent stuff. Um, what he's going to be like. Um, you know, I mean, he's not up on all of the places. I don't know if that's just a naming thing. They got the name wrong or whatever. Um, what he's going to be like uh, on Lynx Golf, I think, is probably anyone's guess. Uh, I don't know enough about him to to get that. But just worth pointing out because he, he looks to be one of the most bet players. So um, a lot of lower grade stuff, but otherwise um, not much to know about him. Anyone else you wanted to mention before we move on to the Rocket Mortgage? Uh... I think otherwise you just mentioned names for the sake of mentioning like, I'm pretty happy with the guys near at the top that we've mentioned and uh, I'll probably just stick to those. So 
Let's go over to the Rocket Mortgage then. Um, don't know that there's much to this course, is there, Jace? It's kind of a point and shoot and, That's and it. a That's putting week, is, isn't it? Um, you know, uh, John Rahm wouldn't enjoy this one, would he? Um, he, he doesn't like the old putting week. So um, I think that in itself then lends itself to, to some longer shots, and that's, that's the way I've kind of approached it. Um, Patrick Cantlay is the 11-1 to 1 favourite from Tony Fina, who's 16-1, to 1, who actually finished brilliantly yesterday to win that event uh, against old QAnon Scott Piercy. Um, Will Zalatoro is 16-1, Cameron Young 20-1, Max Homer 25-1. Let's stop there. Um, same candidates at the top of the, uh, the betting market in these type of events, isn't it? It is. Um, I mean, and obviously, really, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, Cantley Cat- is really different gear. It hasn't, didn't look that interesting. Uh, well, I don't know what happened in the major, really, in the Open. He seemed to... Um, he was there, wasn't he? And then he wasn't. Yeah. Uh, and yet, I don't think he actually did much wrong. He fit, I mean, you say that he finished top 10. But he certainly, at times, looked like he was, without question, going to be contending right until the end. So I'm not sure exactly I think, what I think it was but... Friday that he was he was making a really decent charge. I think I was working at the time, and I think I was kind of writing a piece in preparation for Saturday uh, for some promo content and and saw that you know he was short in the betting and that he was someone that needed to be mentioned. So he was definitely making a charge on Friday. Didn't kind of follow that up. But as a player that struggled in majors, I would say, is, is a fair assessment. He's now finished 14th and 8th in the last two. And in between that, finished 13th for Travellers and 4th for the Scottish Open. So um, certainly in a decent uh, bank of form. It's just whether he's going to come out and shoot the required score he needs to when uh, he needs to get hot for the flat stick. Yeah, and whether he's bothered about something like this. Yeah. You know, is this is just, just one that he's like added because he has to add a new one? I don't know. Well, you've got the FedEx <laughs> starts in a few weeks, doesn't it? Or a couple yeah. of weeks or whatever. So maybe it's just it's just there as a warm-up. I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, it's a decent top top view, isn't it? Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, you couldn't like the Cantley. If you wanted to back Cantley, it's fair enough. I can't at that price, but why not? If there was um, an obvious candidate on the other side that I wanted at a short price, then I'd, I'd maybe consider doubling them. But you're, I'm looking at kind of 33 to 1 longer over there. Maybe a take, I suppose, but I don't have too much faith in that. Yeah, I mean, then you've got Zalatoris, who's, who's a similar character, but without the wins. Yeah. Obviously, you know you know he's going to give himself absolutely just hundreds of chances uh, and not take them probably. It's really difficult. I mean, the one, the, you know, Cameron Young was one of three or four that stood out to me um, when I was looking at it before the prices came out. I mean, it's fairly obvious, you know, um, he's, he's a big driver. If you want to go down the um, Bryson, uh, Shambo, and Matt Wolf route, yep. uh, Cat Davis route. Um, but he's also top four, I think, for total driving. And he's also, uh, keep filling in, Tom. Right? <laughs> he's, the thing is, I would say about Cameron Young, and we talked about the two players that they're getting compared for obvious reasons, is I would probably trust Cameron Young in this event over Zalatoris just for the the streakiness of the putting and the birdie yeah, late in the rug. Um, yeah, possibly. I mean, he was very impressive. Very impressive when he was under pressure at um, St. Andrews. Yeah. You know, I mean, OK, he couldn't win it, hence the final, final hole eagle, but... Um, uh, yeah, he was, you know, to do that, 64, 69, 65, and three rounds around St Andrews is, is you know, is good. And he has done it. He's, he's suddenly hit a proper bit of form, and it's, it's you know, it's really telling. I mean, third in the PGA, second in the uh, Open. You can't, you know, at the end of the day, you can only get five, four places better, can't you? Three yeah. places better. Um, so what can you do is top five in total driving, which will potentially work around here, but it depends what year you look at, because it goes a bit weird, doesn't it? 
Um, yeah, I can't. I, I, I think it's quite wide open what you can. I think anyone can kind of win here. I just think ultimately you need to have a hot putter. You can, like I said with Zalatoris at the Open, but yes, everyone was sort of citing how much better he is at putting in the majors. But I was like, well, he's better. At, he gains strokes when par putting matters as opposed to birdie putts. And I just think that it'll be the same situation here. Like he'll he'll have a great tees green week and he'll have a great iron week and he just won't make the putts is how I predict uh, Zalatoris yeah. here. I mean, if it happens, it happens. It's 16 to 1. I don't really care. I'd rather back Cameron Young at 20s. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure I'd want 20s, but I, I can't argue. I, I, I'm i thinking about him. But I, he's the one that from the top Yeah, looks the one. I don't think it's it's tricky enough for, for somebody like Homer to win. No. Homer wants a much more, um, wants a thinker's course, really. I think um, to me, he wants he wants a few more, uh, few more bends and a few more. You know, let's think about the track rather than just smash it and uh, <coughs> see what happens. That's where his advantage is. Um, so yeah, yeah, Cameron Young would be definitely be the one. Apart from again another obvious candidate in Kevin Kisner. I mean, Kisner is blatantly obvious here. I don't, I can't remember if we've ever backed Kisner. I think we probably have. Oh, we did when he won the uh, yeah whatever it was. Um, yeah, the Wyndham. Yeah. I mean, he's obvious, isn't he? Three yeah. top tens at Sedgefield. Here he goes, 46 third at eight. Um, par four performances are fantastic. Um, I think he was second in par four performance 2021 and second in 2020. Um, and these are, you have to exploit the par fours. He's got four, I think, that are under 400 yards. Um, so I try to look at approaches from around 75 to 100. Um so yeah, Kisner, I think is again, he's, he's he's sort of like when Webb Simpson used to turn up at Sedgefield all the time. Yeah. But you can get thirty-five to one because you've got Cantley last week's winner fee now and Will Zatoris in. Uh, I don't know. I wonder if thirty-five is too. I know he was a bit bigger earlier. I wonder whether that's a little bit too big. I'm not sure. I think I think it's the way he, you know he had that really worrying spell where he was missing. A bunch, I mean, he won the Wyndham and then he missed cut sixty-six, missed cut fifty-fourth. And then I think it was the RSM where I tried to play him, hoping that there was going to be um, a bounce back because he plays so well. He, he got a win in the second there, and he missed the cut there. And I think that was when I was like, okay, maybe Kisner's, uh, as we know him, maybe gone away a little bit. Then he finishes eighth at the Tournament of Champions, where he should never finish eighth. Uh, then he was third in the Sony, fourth at the Players, second at the Match Play, where he always does well, uh, where I put him up. Um, uh, yeah, it, that's key to him, isn't it? Sorry, Tom, yeah. is, is that is that he repeats yes. at various courses? Yeah. I think I think that's the, the ultimate thing with Kevin Kisner is that most weeks. I, interestingly, I keep trying to put him in majors because I think he like he talks himself out of them, but then seems to play well enough in them to to be a top fifteen, top twenty candidate. Um, especially with the extended terms, like twelve places sometimes. I think he's someone for that. But you look at it; he's sick for the Travellers and twenty first. He opened his last two starts. He's had that horrible run of missed cuts, but in those are a US Open, a PGA. Uh, I suppose the heritage and the Byron Nelson and Charles Schwab will see something more from him, but as you say, it's, it's just the course, isn't it? I mean, even when he was 46th, he, he, he was 11th after day one, 21st after day two, comes back, finishes third the following year, has one bad Saturday that kind of affects him, and then last year he was never outside the top eight, eight, six, six, eight. So um, I, lo- I love watching that on tour tips, and that's probably my favourite um, you know, use of tour tips, really. It's just that kind of round by round because it's so easy to look at a, a 46th and go oh he, he, he maybe he's just good for two years and but the 46th shows that's what he's going to do when he's out of form and so well, no he was playing well that week as well like 
and again you, you sort of see that like Nate Lashley's missed two cuts since winning here and you know you, you don't necessarily need to have played well in the past and that's something I've packed in and Cam Davis missed his first two cuts and then one hit mm. um, it can get funky so in one way I've, I've given some players a few chances in a couple of cases I've lent into their course form it's, it's really been a bit of a mixed bag for me so um, I think the collection of players here that you've got uh, Kisner you've mentioned Cameron Davis Keegan Bradley and Sahith Bagala are all people that I think are going to be on people's radars like Davis you know is in great form he's coming back as defending champion um, Thigala I think everyone's just going to keep backing him until he gets his win um, and I think it's probably a good time to back Thigala if you wanted to um, I know the, the missed cut was probably a bit disappointing last week obviously you were, you were keen on him but like I just think it's one of those ones where like you give up on a player quickly and then all of a sudden he goes and, and finishes somewhere where it absolutely suits him to the ground. Yeah, I mean, you can see him. He certainly fits the likes of uh, Matt Wolfe and, and, you know, Cam Davis and, and that is that sort of that sort of thing. And, and as you rightly say, there, there is, doesn't seem to be any why or wherefore to this. No. You, you rightly mentioned Davis missed the cut twice, then one. Bryson Shambrough beat it up and then, quite honestly, he was thrown in last year. Yeah. missed the cut uh, Adam Hadwin's got a full fear then missed the cut and he should just suit the course and yet then you go to Matt Hughes Kisner, Kirk McNeely, Merritt all of who then repeat form here yeah I'm not really sure I'm not really sure what it is it's um, you know and naturally as you say two, three years ago just hit a stupid first round and just kept going yeah um, if you find fairways you're going to have a lot of 125 yard wedges um and if you make your better than average putts, you're, you know, you're going to go up the field, aren't you? It's uh, yeah. a funny one. I think it'd be all right. But um, it's, it's not a very interesting course, is it? And uh, I think you, when you read, they say, you know, every hole looks exactly the same. Yeah. But so it's going to be a wedge of that. We, we'll probably get bored, to be honest with you, unless there's, I think there's been a little bit of rain as well. Yeah. Um, it's just makes it even softer. It's, it's just going to be very, very boring indeed. It's... Um, I think you can yeah, just tell by the course form, can't you? By the fact that, like, Bo Hostler miscut, miscut 25th. Um, who did I just see? Hank Leviode miscut, miscut 4th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Troy Merrick miscut 8th, 2nd. Um, Rory Sabatini 3rd, miscut, miscut. It's just, it shows that basically anyone in decent form at the time has got a chance of competing here. Um, and you can just have a spike week, and I think that's what's going to happen. It's going to be a putting week. John Rahm's going to hate it, and that's why he's sitting at home. Oh. Um, Maverick McNeely was someone that you were interested in when we spoke about. I, I, I like Maverick McNeely. I think it's time for Maverick McNeely to do something. Yeah. Um, his approaches are letting down at the moment, but obviously, you know, he can smash the ball out there as well. I think he. This is certainly up to Saturday night, anyway. Uh, he was top 10 in driving distance. He was tied first with Alec Norren for total driving. <coughs> Excuse me. While I find the rest of my uh, figures. Uh, I'm, get, I'm getting good at this, aren't I? Yeah. Um, 2021, he led the tee to green here. Uh, plus four and a half. Uh, 2020, he was third in strokes game. Patting here, nearly six and a half. Yeah. Um, he's ninth in birdie or better from the fairway. Um, and for me... That's what he has to do. Um, you know, it, you look at it, don't you? We look at Bryson and we say that, you know, he's going to smash it into the rough and he does it. But sometimes I think you've just got to take your foot off the pedal. You know, use your length, but find a decent yardage. Round here, really, they should be, you know, the, uh, three of the par fives are reachable. Four of them are, are going to leave them with 
75, 90-yard wedges. It's going to be all about that. And, and McNeely, 2020, your favourite stat, by the way, uh, 25th, 20th, 40th, and then 8th after the round, and 2021, 21st, 14th, 35th, and 21st. Yeah. Um, in Scotland, um, recently, uh, he was 89th after day one, 16th at the end. With John Deere, uh, which throws up uh, Chasey Poston, who's got a great chance here as well. Uh, 47th to day one, 7th, 10th, and then 8th. He's got a game. Um, maybe his 49th last week is putting people off. Um, I know he was fancied last year. I don't see why, you know, to be honest, he isn't fancied this year. He's not quite good form as somebody like Kisner. I think he's got a little bit more um, uh, upside. What's the phrase you're looking for? Ceiling to find? Yeah, yeah, if you like. So we haven't found his ceiling as yet, I don't think. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, I, I thought 50 to 1 um, was very, very fair, to be honest, this morning. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's about it, really. Yeah, I like that he's he's had two top 10 putting weeks his last three starts. Like that's, that's a good sign for this. And, you know, we've seen, like you said, that he had a really good putting week uh, on one of his performances here as well, which is good. Uh, I'd agree with you that JT Possum had a really good chance of winning here, but he's not playing. So as that uh, happens with us all the time, we, we kind of find people we like and they don't turn up. Um, but, yeah, I think McNeely's interesting. I think he's got, um, you know, he's got some good upside. Uh, he's a player that we've been talking about with potential for a long time now, and it's about time he kind of, Stood up and be counted, um, probably. But this this range now, this kind of 50 to 66 or whatever range. Um, I've gone with Mark Hubbard. It seems to be a little bit of a, a drug for me at the moment, Mark Hubbard, which I don't know why I'm chasing a player like that. But he's made eight straight cuts, uh, 13th, 3rd and 4th in his last three. It's only a slight step up in grade, I think, on those. I know the 3rd and 4th are at Barracuda and Barbasol, but you take out a couple of top players and it's, it's similar fields. I guess it's, the strength and depth is better, but you know he was he was 12th here on debut and he was third after 36 holes and fourth after 54 holes those weeks. Uh, his irons are in great shape. Top 15 for the Wyndham previously, which is good for the Donald Ross putting well, which I think is is important. Like I, I don't tend to look at putting stats basically ever because I think it's so dependent on green surfaces or just week to week they spike. But 24th, 20th, 26th, and 7th for the last four starts. Uh, in putting just the consistency factor of the fact that he's just got something going with the, the short stick and he's obviously riding that to some good form at the moment as well which I like um, Scott Stallings and Chris Kirk both kind of appealed to me in this range didn't go with yeah. them because I've got a couple of others at 80 that I like but you can see them both having good weeks can you uh, yeah yeah again another sort of Kevin Kisner generation in Chris Kirk really yeah, um, yeah I agree yeah four top tens this year under AP, USPGA, Canada. Um, yeah, like you say, he was consistently in the top eight, I believe, when he was 20... Uh, what am I talking about? No, 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 I'm talking rubbish. Right, hold on. Hmm. Uh, fourth, he's fourth. This year he's fourth for Birdies or Better. Yeah. In uh, Birdies or Better, less than 120 yards. Okay. Um, and tenth in approaches for 125 yards and less, which I thought was uh, pretty good. I again, you've got to trust him with the putter, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was halfway leader here in 2020. Um, his Tita Green stuff's been fired. 32nd in the Open, 9th at Canada. Um, third at Sonils, I believe, 11th at Texas, 6th at the AP. There's something there. It's just, like them all, it's, uh, they're all going to get chances. It's a matter of how much you trust them um, to do it on the greens. Can you trust Kirk? I don't know. No, I mean, Kirk's, Kirk's iron play has been a little bit weak recently. And, He'll be off. Yeah. And, yeah. and the fact that 
it's that and the fact that I don't trust him on the greens just meant that I could see him finishing 21st because his form uh, points to it and definitely could be a first-round leader candidate or anything like that. But um, if I was going to pick between the two, I'd have picked Scott Stallings. Um, I, I just trust Stallings at the moment. He's just playing some really good golf. and He's a perfect candidate. If you look at this round-by-round um, round scoring, he was when he finished 64th on debut, he was 11th after day one. When he finished 39th, he was first after day one, 20th after day two. Uh, and then you look at last year, he was 15th uh, going through 54 holes and finished 25th. So hasn't been finishing things off at this golf course, but is capable. And, and he's just playing. It just looks like we've got a, a secondary resurgence again from Stott Scorlins, which isn't a surprise when you look at his kind of body transformation. I think it took him a little while to adjust from being, uh, you know, the weight he was to the weight he is now. And that, that can certainly be, it can change your swing dynamics and everything. But you look, eight for the Travellers, four for the John Deere's last two starts. He missed cuts at Memorial and US Open, which I don't really care too much about. He's not that type of player. Uh, four for the Charles Schwab. But you look at just his regular events, fourth, eighth, fourth, 25th, 13th, 16th. Like, it's just been a really solid run. So, um, don't know how I managed to talk myself out of Scott Stallings. He might still be put in there yet. Uh, but the two I've got are 80 to one. One I really like, Alex Smalley. Uh, he finished 31st at the Sanderson Farms. And that was after shooting a 76. There seems to be some crossover between those two events. Um, he shot a 63 in the second round to bounce back and make the cut then. Uh, he was 29th at the Wyndham, where he's played well. Um, and again, that kind of links him to Donald Ross' design. And you look at the fact that he's really improved since both of those finishes. Like he's, he's threatened in decent events, sixth at the Mexico, tied 10th at the Scottish Open. He had three straight rounds of 67 at the Canadian Open, which left him second after round two and third after round three. And then he just fell away with a Sunday 73, which is not a surprise when you consider the fact that Rory, JT, Tony Finau were all there. Um, he was second at the halfway stage in Mexico before finishing sixth. And he was sixth after 54 holes in Scotland in a really good field. So you look at that, there's like three really recent memories of contending. And I know that he didn't get over the line, and that's a little bit of a concern. But this is a much more winnable event um, in both tees green and approach. He's a top 10 player in this field in the most recent months. He has got to have a better putting week. Um, he is basically Chris Kirk um, in terms of putting. Like you, you do have that worry, but whereas he was eighty to one, he's you know eighty to one eight places, and Chris Kirk was you know fifty to one. I thought I'd take the upside on uh, Smalley versus Kirk, and then Taylor Pendrith. To me, you talk about kind of Cameron Davis and uh, Bryson DeChambeau. He would certainly go in terms of that skill set. But he finished 13th for the players in March. Um, and then he missed all that time of injury and he's come straight back in 13th for the Barbasaw and 11th for the Barracuda. And I just look at it, there was a couple of times where he tried to come back before those two events and he kept withdrawing, coming in withdrawing. So it looks like he's just taking his time to make sure that he is fully healthy when he came back. And I like that approach. I don't like the desperation of just trying to push yourself in. And, you know, he's given himself that opportunity by finishing... Uh, you know, high up in some decent starts this year. I mean, 16th at Torrey Pines, 25th at the Honda, 13th at the Players. Like, I suppose he afforded himself the opportunity to take it easy, 5th at the, uh, the Bermuda Championship earlier in the year. So he is a player that's really kicked on. He was the kind of player that everyone was looking at for a little while of, of this kind of big hitter who's going to win uh, at some point. So I think the price at 80-1 is decent on Taylor Pender. If I look at him literally directly next to Cameron Champ in the market, um, I'd probably trust Pendrith more at this stage, but they're similar skill set. Wyndham Clark, 80-1. They're that type of player that will get it done off the tee. 
um, and, you, and you just got to worry whether they're going to get the putting done or not. So they were the ones for me short of the triple digits. I didn't know if you had any more to add to that. Uh, no, Wyndham Clark was was a look. I suppose that's obvious, isn't it? Yeah, he's still playing, isn't he? Yeah, he's um, in. Yeah, yeah, he was still playing. I mean, so he's a look. Uh, Matt Hughes, um, basically putting second greens in reg and fourth in par threes. Not that I think par threes matter, but um, back here last year, and we know that he can putt. You know, the lights out when he's right. Um, they were two that I looked at, but it's 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 not a heavy week for me. And uh, mm. I do like them. I just have to look more into before I make mine up. Yeah, no, I understand. Then we go. Then you go into the then you go into the big prices. Well, slightly prices. Yeah. I suppose Chris Gotterup. Um, uh, Chris Gotterup is definitely one. But have they caught on to him? Maybe not. Is he the Sahith Gala of uh, six months' time? I don't know. He's gone out. He's gone out a <laughs> bit, hasn't he? After a disappointing last week, which is probably a good time. Twenty-five, twenty. Yeah. So he, he's uh, gone out. So I know there's better players in this field, but you know, Finau was in the field last week, and Sung Jae-in was there and stuff. So it's not. A, I guess it's just, you know, maybe a bit of an overreaction to, uh, to something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only other one I've got, if, if I'll, I'll go with it because um, I think your this is going to be called up by a couple of the other podcasts that you're going to go into. Mm. Is Michael Thorbjornsson, who I thought, again, maybe I can't go in at 100, 125, and want a bit bigger. Yeah. But he could be absolutely anything. Um, beat um, actually Batia, uh, uh, the US amateur. We know that Batia's gone on to win that tournament. Of course, Matt Wolf was second in that one uh, the year before. Mimu Lee's won it. Willie Zalatoris and Scotty Sheffer have both beaten Davis Riley in it. Jordan's won it twice. Blah, 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 blah. We know that that is the absolute um, top of class stuff. And we know that eventually, if providing they're injury free, that they do come through and do something. Um, and he was incredibly impressive at the Travellers, let's face it. Uh, it was an unbelievable performance. Uh, whether that justifies him coming in from whatever, 500 or 1 to 100 or 1, I don't know. But he's, he's somebody certainly of interest. Yeah, I think for me, it's one of those ones where like, I'm just going to give it a week. And if he has one bad week, he'll be back out. It's 250, 300. And you don't, maybe you don't want to rely on that because, like you say, it could be anything. But um, I suppose he's had a couple of weeks to get over how he competed there, isn't he? Three or four weeks. So... Um, it's not like he's coming straight back into the fire, yeah. and you know it, it'd be interesting to see how he does. If, if he keeps the form up, then you know you've got a player on your hands. You know it can also be just a spike week as we've seen from others. So, oh, um, we we tried. Everyone tried it with Cole Hammer last week and didn't quite pay off, didn't it? So it's 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 just how you go. I mean, Gotterup's at least showing a little bit more steadier form. Um, I, th- I think so. it's tough, isn't it? Well, I think this is the problem. It's the, it, the, it, the price. I mean, they're the price based on. You know, if you're going to back them, you're probably going to back them at any price, uh, yeah. and and that you know that is a problem. I, I, you know, we we say it all the time. Would you rather back them at 125 now and they do nothing for a couple of weeks, um, or if they do do something this week? So, for example, if Thorbjornsson becomes is I don't know top ten, yeah, and he's 40 next week, yeah, you feel silly then, isn't 40. Yeah. Well, you know, do you, do you take 40 because he's proven that he's in form, or do you not? Hmm. You know, the gotter up, like you say, he was. Um, he went off at, I think he was favourite, wasn't he, at uh, Barbasol, wasn't it? I'm yeah, sure he was. he was right up there, yeah. 20, fight, 20 25 to 1 for the Barbasol favourite. I mean, it's utter nonsense. But um, again, he's come back out. And apart from the first round, I mean, if he has an average first round last week, he's top 20. Yeah. Um, that's, a, that's an impressive run. So, And, and he's, got the, um, he's got the driving distance to, to you know, 
do a Bryson around here. Obviously, he's not a Bryson at the moment because um, he actually, you know, has hands that work. But <laughs> he, uh, uh, it's just really interesting. It's one of them where you think, do you know what? He really, really could do something at 75 to 1. You look around him, Doug Gim's, Doug Gim was in this sort of position. He's not obviously nowhere near the driver that he is. But Gim was in that sort of position. He's right next to him in the market. Patrick Rogers was in this position hmm. where they came in. Everyone had high hopes for them. Um, and as yet, they've not done it. So which way is Gotrup going to go? You know, I think he's probably only going to get shorter in fields like this uh, for the next six months. Yeah, it's, it's really hard to it's really hard to know, isn't it? And I think I think it, you make a good point is that people will just back people at any price because they want to catch them. Um, I've certainly fallen that in the past and trying to avoid that and, and that's definitely a case with Thorbjornsson this week um, so we shall see uh, on both of those but uh, one player I did think you might be interested in was Grayson Sig I know you were very high on him coming into the season start of the season very straight yeah sorry uh, Tom sorry on. I'll keep interrupting you but uh, what the hell <laughs> um, uh, yeah Grayson Sig right at the beginning of the year um, done an article he was one of the ones to watch and, and he was quoted as being one of the straightest yeah. of the team well, this is a straight up and down course. Yeah. And he was seventh last week. Yeah, absolutely bang on. And and the thing for me that I think of is that like you take um, confidence from the fact that Kevin Kisner has done it and you just see him being a Wyndham Championship contender at some point. You know, 16th for the John Deere, 27th Barbasol, 26th Barracuda, 7th last week. All good tee to green and approach stuff last week. Um, looks like a type of guy that can kind of um, you know, string events together. We saw it on the Corn Ferry when he got his wins, um, and then backed him up with kind of fifth place finishes, second place finishes into seventh. You know, fifteenth and fourth and seventh in a row. Like he can just do it. So, um, like what Grayson Sig's doing, he didn't quite make uh, my list, but I did think he might be for you. Um, Chesson Hadley was the next one up for me. Uh, just his form is ridiculous yeah. right now. Like five straight made cuts, three top tens in that span. And when you think back to last year, Phil knows absolute heroics, didn't he? Shot 62 at the Wyndham in the final round, made the hole-in-one uh, to keep his card. I think he knocked uh, Justin Rose out, didn't he? Um, Sanderson seems to link over. He's finished second in that. He's putting very well at the moment, which is something that Chesson Hadley doesn't necessarily do. Um, he's definitely going to have to be that candidate of overcoming some disappointing form here. Um, but as we've sort of seen in the past, it doesn't seem to matter. He was 52nd last year, playing much better now. Uh, he's just in really good form for someone that I actually had a lot of high hopes for, you know, five, six, whatever years ago. That it was probably longer than that. I, I forget how long that I've been talking about golf. But, you know, he's a guy that looks like he could get blown over by a breath of wind. But, you know, he has won the first Rico Open. He has won four times on the Corn Ferry, I think it is. Um, second in the CIB Classic, second in the Sanderson, top 10 in the US Open, fourth in the Texas Open, uh, fifth at the Travellers, which there seems to be a little bit of Travellers crossover. Like he's got top fives in every grade of something that you want. So uh, when a player like Chesson Hadley is showing form, I think you take advantage of it. Um, easy golf course, putted well. Uh, irons can improve, but that was normally his bread and butter. So um, I like Chesson Hadley a lot, 125 to 1. Um whether there's anything else I I keep looking at I keep trying to play Harris English he seems to be my other one with Mark Hubbard at the moment I keep just trying to play uh, thinking he's going to come back at some point uh, a very easy golf course after a, a run out with injury seems like a good recipe for success Trey Mullinax has got some really good figures and bounced back after his win to play well at the Open Championship James Hahn's in good form I think they're both obviously worth mentioning but 
the one from kind of downtown that I had, which this would really have to lean into the the, the straight and whatever, is Ryan Armour. Um, 275 to 1 with 8 places, 365. He was 4th here in 2020, second going into the final round. He was 46th on debut, uh, but was 2nd after round 1 and 4th after round 2. And you talk about the correlating courses, he won Sanderson Farms and he's 4th and 8th at the Wyndham. Uh, he's in terrible form right now, which is why he's the price that he is. Uh, he's not by any means prolific. I mean, that win came after countless amounts of years on tour. Um, and there's not even that much in those miscuts recently that suggests that anything's happening. But it's not that long ago that he was 25th at the Travellers, 35th at the Canadian Open, 25th at the Wells Fargo, um, you know, 15th in a, a similar strength field at the Corrales. Like, I just think this time last year he was 5th at the Barbasaur, 6th at the 3M Open. Um, he just has these little runs. There's a reason why he's kept his card on and off for so long. Um, there is also a reason why he doesn't win. But, you know, limited skill set, but it seems to work here. It has done in the past. Uh, so I thought for a really big price, uh, Ryan Armour was worth chasing the kind of eight places at 275 to 1. But other than that, Jace, I think it's, again, just naming names. I do think you can get a breakthrough winner here, as we see with Nate Lashley. But... I also think it, it does seem to go to the quality. I mean, Bryson beats Matthew Wolf, Cameron Davis beats Troy Merritt and Joaquin Neiman. Like, I know Nate Lashley beat Doc Redman in the first year, but that was the first year of the course. And interestingly, for the Rocket Mortgage Classic, it's got harder every year, like 25 under, 23 under, 18 under. And it's gone from six-stroke win, three-stroke lead to playoff. So maybe it's just toughening up a little bit. Um, but I haven't really got anything else on the Rocket Mortgage. No, I had a quick look at Troy Merritt because when I, I, yeah. I ran some figures through somebody else because I can't do that sort of thing. Um, and Troy Merritt actually ranked, I think he ranked seventh in the field when you do your sort of proximity and par four performances over the shorter par fours. Yeah. Um, and you look down it and it's a bit obvious, eighth and second here last twice. Um, but then you look and he's, he's putting ranges from, you know, finding 10, five, six shots to now losing yeah. um, five and a half last week at three. Could be a one-off, couldn't it? That's what happens because he was still... Look at that. I mean, if he'd have putted... I mean, where did he finish? He finished 49th, yeah? Yeah. That was off... Uh, first strokes gained off tee, 17th uh, tee to green, 27th approaches. So how bad must his putting have been <laughs> for him to finish 49th? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, you look at something like that and, and the, the figures are a bit way out, aren't they? Which makes you a bit suspicious, to be perfectly honest. Um but if he had putted, you know, that 70 to 1 this week would not be nowhere there. Uh, not that I like Troy Merritt particularly, I'm just saying. No, I Otherwise, think... no, I, I think you make some excellent cases. I'm going to look an awful lot more into the ones that you've mentioned. Yeah, I mean, Troy Merritt, Matt uh, Vincenzo is a drafting show. He was very keen on Merritt last uh, week and he didn't do it. Uh, but that was, he was the worst of the people to make the cut uh, by a distance of his putter. He lost five and a half strokes on the green. Uh, lost over two, yeah. 2.3 in the first round and just never got it back. Um, even the day that he only lost half a stroke, he was 94th in the field. So, uh, yeah, just can't part at the moment, which is, well, as you said, yeah, but, you can spike, and that's something that we've well, seen yeah, classic yeah, yeah. players yeah. We've seen that before, where he'll, he'll have a terrific week and they'll go, yeah, I changed the grip yeah. or my coach spotted this. Um and if you did fancy, it's a bit like um, this week and, and last week's tournament on the, on the DP World Tour. If you liked one last week and they let you down, I, I, I really do think you could probably just go blind in again. Yeah. You know, the likes of Senior, the likes of... 
sorry, that sort of player. Yeah. Um, I think if you liked him at the 3M and, and Wolf and you know, Bryson obviously reversed their places at that tournament. Um, if you liked him last week, there really isn't any reason why you shouldn't go in again. So, uh, again, 70 to 1, he's, he's gone on my list to look at a bit more. Um, yeah. There has yeah. been, because um, Michael Kim was a late addition to the field uh, after someone picked it out. He's 300 to 1 with Paddy Power and Betfair, um, which is huge. I think that's that's really, really big. Like When you look at his form, I know it's all Corn Ferry stuff, but it's just a ridiculous run. We know the upside of Michael Kim is winning the John Deere, third at the Safeway, 17th at the US Open, 12th at the Houston Open. Like, it's it's not anywhere near regular enough, but I just I think he's actually from the same university as as uh, Max Homer, and I think they were both part of a team that was just amazing at the time. And maybe you know it just takes some of them a little bit longer to adjust. He actually got that win, you know, fairly early on in his PGA career. Maybe it just set him back rather than helps him kick on. So you look at his last sort of form: 16th, 12th, 23rd, missed cut; 15th, 23rd, 18th, 7th, 3rd, 13th. Um, Seventh was at the Barbasol Championship, where he actually had uh, a reasonably decent chance of winning. Uh, shot a final around 70 to finish seventh off the pace uh, in the end, but you know opened up 65, 68. So I think the way Michael Kim's playing is probably going under the radar a little bit. I know it's on the Corn Ferry, but he keeps dropping back down there to play the Corn Ferry because he's trying to get his card that way. Like he can get in his PJ fields and, and is opting not to. And I think there, I think PC Line said there is a thing that. If you qualify for the Corn Ferry event, like you have to play the Corn Ferry event, and vice versa. If you're a PJ Tour member, you have to play the PJ event. So, um, just playing some good stuff. So, Michael Kim is probably worth a look at 300. I think, you know, upside of Michael Kim versus like a Ryan Armour, who you know is exactly what he is. Um, interesting dynamics there at those prices. But other than that, mate, I think I'm pretty set. I think I will add Michael Kim to the car just at that price. Um, but I'm ready to summarise with Pixie Viewer. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let, let, let me summarise my picks. So I'm going to go into the Hero Open. So Adrian Otegi, 20 to 1, is short, but uh, I do like him. Uh, James Morrison, 50 to 1. Garrick Porter, 66 to 1. Eddie Pepperell, 66 to 1. And Chase Hanna, at 110. I do think um, Angle Hidalgo is someone that's worth looking at. I do think Gary, uh, Gavin Green is someone that's worth looking at as well. Uh, Rocket Mortgage, I've, I've basically tried to take on the top of the market. I think it is possible. Mark Hubbard is 50 to 1. Uh, Taylor Pendrick and Alex Smalley are 80 to 1. Chesson Hadley at 125 to 1. Ryan Armour 275. And Michael Kim 300. Uh, worth noting that Cameron Davis was 125 to 1 last year. I think Nate Lashley barely even got quoted because he was such a late entrant, but he would have been name your price. Uh, Bryson and Matthew Wolf obviously slightly different, but. There is uh, there is scope for a long shot to win this one. So uh, over to you for your picks. Yeah, over the hero, I'm going to go with Rosner again. Um, I like your call on Morrison. To be honest with you, I think each way that's great value. Uh, Poulter's, I agree with you on, and I will again look at Hidalgo as, uh, as a rag. Uh, Campio is one that I've got the question mark against. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, I really would like to be with him. Just give me ten minutes, and I'll make mind up. <laughs> and over uh, at the um, over the Rocket Mortgage. Young's got a question mark, but that's purely whether I want to bet a 20 to 1. I think he's got massive claims. I think Kisner is your absolute top 8, top 10 knock. Um, and then uh, Maverick Manini, I really like. I think if he's going to do something, it's going to be pretty, pretty soon. Uh, looks at 
Chris Gotter up, who could smash this apart off the tee. Uh, Troy Merritt, again, if I could forgive him last week. Jesson Hadley, you make the right case for. And Grayson Sig, who on a straight course, as you rightly say, um, that's where he that's where he makes his money. So um, yeah. it's nothing's definite, really, apart from McNeely and maybe Kisner and Rosner. Uh, I'm going to take half an hour and decide. Yeah, it is a tough week, but I think that we've mentioned the names that we like. Um, I, I think that's that's plenty enough for people that are listening. Like people will always listen to our picks and and then make their own decisions anyway. So um, I think we've we've made plenty enough cases for people. And, and as you've said, you're kind of on the fence about prices on players, but not their uh, credentials. So um, it's basically personal preference whether people want to do that or not. Anyway, so. Um, I think that's a tough week summarised um, in in a reasonable amount of time, Jace. Um, and we'll look forward to what we've got coming up next week. I think we've got... Are we, are we at the Wyndham by next week? I can't remember if we are or not. Yes, Wyndham Championship next week on the PGA Tour before we get into the playoffs. And on the DP World Tour, um, it, it could be any tournament. I, I cannot remember. Um, but yeah, we, we've got some tougher weeks Sergio's coming Sergio's coming back, people. Sergio's coming back. Is he? Sergio's in the right cut. Well, no, he might not be, but he wants to be back. He wants to come back. Right. Okay. He's not. He's withdrawn his resignation from the European Tour. Hmm. Interesting. I'm assuming a, a few more people are going to do that after Poulter managed to kick himself into that field. Uh, we've got the Kazoo Open supported by Gareth Bale next week. So uh, there you go. Um, one, one to look forward to at Celtic Manor. So decent, decent couple of events to uh, to take us into the playoffs on the PJ Tour. But Jace, thank you as ever, mate, and uh, we'll catch you again next week. Mm-hmm.